You're listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville and Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and what I want to do is remind you of what took place in the upper room. Now, many times we, we have these disciples as the pillars and pinnacles and the patriarchs of our faith. And they are, but sometimes we give them a little bit too much credit like they're some supernatural people. These dudes were scared. As some people may say, they're scared. They're up in the upper room fearing for their life. And the only thing they know to do is to wait on this thing called the Holy Spirit. Pentecost Sunday is 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus and 10 days after the ascension of Jesus into heaven. 10 days, the disciples have no leader. They have no power and they don't have a New Testament. They don't know what to do. Rick Warren's not writing things on how to build the church. There's no great word from Joe Olstein on your best life now. They didn't get that in Amazon. They're literally huddled up and going, what are we going to do? And they start praying and worshiping out of desperation. And in the desperation, the Holy Spirit comes and he fills them and he transforms them and he gives them gifts to walk out to build the church. Now, I want to remind you that you don't have it nearly as difficult as they do. Because he's already here. He's in us and he's among us. And let me just remind you, this is a Pentecost moment. We want revival. Revival has to start here. Don't be calling out revival around us until this gets fixed and this gets holy. And we begin to walk it out in a personal way. So Pentecost is every day with a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit. But this Jeremiah 29 thing, like, let's talk about this for a moment, because many of you love Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans, you know, all that good stuff. I'm going to get my car. I'm going to get my girl. I'm going to get everything I want. I'll get all the money and the riches. Hallelujah. Got a tattoo on my arm, Jeremiah 29, 11. That's my jam. But do you know the context within it was written? Because Jeremiah is a prophet, and many times prophets didn't have good lives, they're ridiculed. And this guy in particular is speaking to a captive nation. Israel is captive to the nation of Babylon. They took him out of Jerusalem. Jeremiah's writing from Jerusalem, but he's speaking it over his people. And he's saying, listen, I got bad news for you. Buckle up, buttercup. We're going for 70 years in captivity. That's not a good word right there. That's where you say, prophet, we're not inviting you back ever again to this church. But he gave them a command from the Lord. He said, look, God is saying, you will be in exile. You will be captors in this nation for 70 years. And he says this, but seek the welfare of the city, which I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Think how difficult that would be. I'm praying for a nation that took me out of my homeland and I am now a slave to. I have to pray for your welfare. I gotta pray for a president I didn't vote for. I gotta pray for a politician I don't like. I gotta pray for a nation that's far from God. Whatever it is, the same God of Jeremiah 29 is speaking to us in 2023. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not an exile. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm free. I'm not a captive. But let me remind you, because we forget this sometimes, that we have dual citizenship. 
And I remember the old, the old saints, you know, the old saints, those of you in this room that, you know, you've been in church for a long time, used to sing songs about I fly away and I can't wait to get to heaven and peace out family. All of those songs in the hymns used to sing them all the time. And now we sing about woe is me and I'm not good and I need some help. And, and I wish we'd go back to those other songs because the other songs reminded us they reminded us that although we're going through something here, this is ultimately not my home. I think you need to be reminded for some of you, you hold it on to something. And Jesus is like, listen, by the way, you're exiles, you're foreigners. I'm going to call you home one day and everything going to be all right. So let me remind you, you are in Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says this, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ right now. And also, by the way, you live in middle Tennessee. So there's the balance. I'm seated in heavenly places, but I work here. I'm seated in heavenly places, but I go to school here. I'm seated in heavenly places, but I have a home here. And you have to remember the priority of it because if you don't, you'll get over consumed with all the junk of this place and you'll forget that you were called to release heaven on earth. Amen. Now, let me just say this to you today. Whether you like it or not, you're all in politics. Let me explain to you the word politics. The word politics in the Greek is polis, which means city or actually a city-state. And so a citizen was called a polites. So turn to somebody next to you and say, you're a polites. You want to know what a polites is? Listen to this. I think it's important for you to listen to this because a polites is a citizen who has a responsibility to a city. So you say, well, I don't like politics. Well, you're in politics. You are a citizen who has responsibility to the city. What is the responsibility? Well, first and foremost, again, heaven is your first responsibility. And then where you reside is your second See, God and every Christian should never forget the fact that we are ambassadors. We represent a country, a nation, a kingdom that has all sorts of benefits that this city desperately needs. So what do we do? We release them. Jesus says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the person next to you that refuses to power wash their siding. Some of you are laughing because you're like, I got to do that now. He just reminded me. I'm going to get an HOA citation. Uh, the, the reality is, is you have to love the people that you're working next to, the ones you go to school to, the ones that you're around. You're called to love your neighbor. Peter says that every Christian is a sojourner and an exile, 1 Peter 2.11. So you are just like the Israelites in Babylon. Paul says in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. In Hebrews 13.14, we will serve our city best by getting our values from the city that is to come. What is that city? Galatians 4.26 says, we call as many citizens to be citizens of the Jerusalem above. And then 1 Peter 2.11 says that we should do so much good in the places we reside so they see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. You are called as an ambassador to heaven. If you do not like the city you reside in, change it. I want to give you some good news. How many people need good news today? Just two people, three people. I'll do it if four want it. Okay, four, five, anybody, five, six. How many people want bad news? Give me your hand. Some of you are used to it. 
I want to share with you a little bit about what's happening with our land. Those of you who are visitors or guests, maybe you don't know, but we have 13 beautiful acres down this road here. 31 intersects on 31 in Goose Creek. 13 acres that were given to us. Now, they're given to us probably about six years ago before the pandemic. And I've gotten to a place now. We've been in this building. This is our 14th year. This building has absolutely stifled us in the vision God has given us. Now, I love it because God has done so much stuff in here. And for many of you that have been here for a long time, you know we've come a mighty long way. But I am ready for a new container. But I've realized that it's taken so long. And how many know that sometimes when you're waiting on the Lord, you feel like, God, what the heck have you done? You've given me these beautiful land. I drive by it. And don't get me excited. If anything, I get upset with it because somebody got to cut the lawn. Somebody got to do that, do that. That sign's not big enough. All of the complaints. But what we've been doing is praying, God, your will be done. So some of you see that building. That is a rendering of what we believe we're supposed to build. But let me just say some good news to you today. Within the last few months, there has been an acceleration unlike anything we've ever seen. And let me just say this. I've talked to other pastors and leaders. And over these last few years, I've gleaned information on what to do and what not to do. How many know that even in delays, God speaks? He equips us. And so over the last few months, we've had a favor, undeniable favor. A lot of this has to do with my friendships with other pastors and leaders, but we've had favor. Many of you know we are in an area that is neither Franklin or Thompson Station. It's called Williamson County, and it's kind of not been owned by a city for a long time. And so Franklin now has been trying to urban growth boundary, for many of you who don't know what that is, but they're trying to bring us into Franklin. We caught wind of this and we said, listen, that's a great idea, but can you provide a sewer? Now, some of you say, what does it matter to have sewer? Well, it matters when you have to go to the bathroom. What we realize is we can't build what we want to build or what we need to build unless we have a sewer hookup. Franklin has said to us, we don't have the capabilities, nor will we anytime soon to bring sewer line to you. With that note, we said to ourselves, we need to get into the town that can, and that town would be Thompson Station. Over the last few months now, we've been in a lot of meetings, BOMA meetings with mayors and aldermen. Thankfully, some of these aldermen have gone to bat for us. We've actually been released, believe it or not, denied sewer, released from Franklin, and in the process now of being annexed into Thompson Station. Now, that is a big deal. The reason why it's a big deal, and I didn't know this because many of us, we look at Thompson Station as an afterthought, right? Because Spring Hill blowing up. We got our first Walmart years ago. We thought it were big shots. Like, we're done it. We've done it. We're, we're cool now. Then you have Franklin. Forget about Franklin, right? They're, they're blowing and going. They're good. And they got this little stretch right here called Thompson Station. Nobody knows what's going on. And unbeknownst to many of you in this room is there has been a cap on it for a reason. They've not been able to develop. Some of it's because of the vision of previous leaders. And some of it's because they don't have the capabilities, believe it or not, to supply sewer to the growth that's coming. In the process of us connecting with them and actually putting ourselves, Pastor Josh and I, we've been filling out forms to get connected to the sewer line. They are upgrading their whole sewer system. Now, some of you are like, why is he preaching this on Sunday about sewer? What kind of message? Which church do we go to? I want you to understand this is coming back to something very important. It's all about timing and it's all about owning the region you live in. For years, I complained about it. Many of you know we have relationships with Spring Hill Mayor, Police Chief, Fire Chief. We love them. They love Jesus. And God, unbeknownst to us, has connected us to the now new mayor of Thompson Station. 
became friends with him. And believe it or not, it's all about timing because this man has such a vision for Thompson Station that I asked him, would you come and spend time with our board? Just sit down, share your heart for the people, what you see in the city. He did. Leanne was at the meeting. She said, I don't think this guy's ever going to leave. He literally pulled up a chair and just shared his heart. Now, I don't know of any other opportunity that would ever come about like this, where we have the new mayor of the city now we are part of that actually begins to share his heart. And here's the cool thing about it is inviting us into this discussion. He said this with his own mouth. Now, this is prophetic. He didn't know this because I don't think he's prophetic, but he said it. He said, you will be the gateway to this city. Now, listen, it gets even better, but there's more. The, the reality is that had been prophesied over us. Now, let me take it a step further. As we begin talking, I would mention city. He said, it's not a city, it's a town. So well, what's the difference? He said, it's a town, it's a town. The reason is, is because we're going to build this differently than the other cities around us. We're going to build slow, methodical, intentional. He said, in fact, our desire and our vision is for family. I said, did you know that I had 10 kids, by the way? I said, I like family a lot. He said, our desire is to build it around family. I said, okay, well, how can we serve you? He said, we need to have things for kids, for, for moms to bring their children to during the day. We need to have activities outside, sports and things that people can come to and, and actually spend time with. I said, well, guess what? Good news. We are in the process. So what we did, we went back to our, our designer, our general contractor. And I said, I feel like the Lord's saying for us to change the direction we've been going. Scott on our board, we've talked about this. He mentioned it. I don't know if you know how prophetic that was. He said, instead of building a church that meets a community, why don't we build something for the community that also is a church? Now, it's all about semantics and words, but what we want to do is become a place where everyone can come. And I realized if I would have got ahead of the Lord, listen to me, if I would have got ahead of the Lord and said, let's build something, we would have had a sewer problem <laughs> that would have limited the how many people we could have and how big we can grow. But because we waited on the Lord and we were forced into a delay, in the delay, God positioned a new leader, a new heart, increased finances, timing, so that when we get ready to build, and let me just say this, spoiler alert, we will break ground this year, by the way. My wife said, I can't believe you said that out loud. I said, I'll go out there with a shovel and do it if I have to on December 31st. I'll be like, we broke ground. Put that on Instagram. No, I'm telling you. I talked to our, I talked to our general contractor. I said, look, how can we do this? Because we're redesigning things. We literally went back and I began to redream again. Lord, show me what this church, he said, this is too small. You need to build here. You need to feature the children here in this place. You need to have outdoor spaces for kids and moms to come during the day to sit and not even be part of Southview, but just pull into the parking lot and have people designed and intentionally walking around going, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Hey, how are you doing? To be a place of ministry, evangelism. And let me even say this, we're even going to put pickleball courts in that place. Now, there it is. No idea what the heck it is. Somebody said to build it and they will come. And apparently they will. Even the Samoans, I hear Samoans are coming too. Good, because you can help us dig the hole to get the sewer line from Tollgate. Some of you Samoans, I've watched The Rock in his movies. They're strong. He held a helicopter down from, okay. I'm excited because in the process, God not only did something in the surrounding area, but he did something in me.
See, many of us, we're trying so hard to get out in front of the Lord that we're actually going too fast and we're not ready for what God wants to do. Or you won't experience the fullness of what God has for you because you ran ahead of him. Listen, if God has placed you in this region, uh, let me ask you a question. Let me, let's do this. How many people were born and raised in this region? R raise your hand if that's you. Wow, more. We had four in our first service. I I'm going to say maybe 10. Do you understand that many of you from all over the place, New Jersey, wherever you're from, God brought you here for such a time as this. Like for some of you, you came here for a job that you no longer work at. You came here because you were in a relationship you're no longer in. For some of you, you've been wandering, wondering, why am I here? And I'm telling you, there's a reason. See, we are quick to complain about the city we reside in. And I've done it before. Complain about the traffic. Complain about how many Starbucks, how many do we need this many? What's going on? You know, all the things we complain about. Some of you are like, we need more. No, the reality is, is we need to stop complaining and we need to start prophesying. Because if God places you here, the city and the town should flourish. I pose this question to myself and to our staff. If Southview closed tomorrow, would the city even know about it? Would they even care? See, the people should thrive because you're here. John 17 unity should be seen because this church helps facilitate that. The needs should be met in the community. Miracles and healing should be normal here. The truth should be proclaimed loudly in the city we reside in. The church has a voice. And the gifts and the talents and the callings that you develop in this community need to go out of here so that the glory of God can be received for those in our community. How do we do this? Let's go back to Jeremiah 29. I believe this applies today. If Jeremiah was here, he would say this. Number one, own your town. Verse five. Build houses, live in them, plant gardens, and eat their produce. Some of you, like, I'm planting gardens. I'm doing that. Leanne's going to start that as soon as we get home. <laughs> I just need a nice straw. Uh, what do I need? T tomatoes so I can die, like the godfather at the end. I just spoiled the, only four people saw that. Anyway, okay, don't watch the movie. Where did I go? Build the houses and live in them. You, you know what? Like no shame on anybody that's renting, but I remember living in a subdivision and, and I remember people would complain about renters because they never took care of the house as much as the one who owned it. So you're like, ah, ah, I've been saying to myself, HOA. No, the point of it is, is when you own something, when you own, that's why I've been petitioning, Lord, we as a church need to own something. And some of you know, years ago, a couple in our church gave us that 13 acres, gave it to us. I've had pastors tell me all the time, that is prime real estate. I said, well, it doesn't do me any good. There's nothing on it. I was like, Lord, I want to own a building. I want a bigger tool. Some of you say, well, the, you know, it's going to change. We're going to talk about that because it is going to change. Just like I hope you change as you grow. But the reality is, is what we need, it's not the building that gives us credence. It's a tool in our tool belt to do more ministry. Some of you don't know the struggles that we talk about every time. We want this building to be filled every day. We got people in the hallways complaining the kids are too loud. Music's too loud. It's been happening for 14 years. Parking lot, it's not big enough. Children's ministry, Haley will say it. Parents, you know this. It's confined. So I said, Lord, give us a bigger building. So what do we do? We own the town. This is our town. When you own the town, you view it differently. You stop complaining about it. You start praying for it. 
See, we start going, Lord, give us good leaders, bring in good businesses, bring, bless our schools. Decisions matter. And the very first go in the Old Testament, or actually say in the New Testament, is Luke 10. Jesus sends out the 72. Now we know there's more than just the 12, right? So these are women. These are other leaders that have been following him. He sends them out by twos. And he sends them and he says this, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. I don't know if you know this, but it still applies today. There is never going to be a shortage of harvest. There is a shortage of laborers. Not this church. We're committing to be the laborers for this harvest. We're committing not to just say we're Christians, but actually they know us by our actions. In Luke 10, Jesus says this to him. He says, whenever you enter a town, hmm, there it is again, and they receive you, eat what is set before you, heal the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. You release the kingdom, but whenever you enter a town and they do not receive, to receive you, go into the streets and say, even the dust on your town that clings to our feet, we wipe it off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of Sodom than for that town. Jesus is speaking over three primary towns in his time, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. And if you go to Israel, you'll see that those towns no longer exist. It's just rubble. Why? Because he was saying, if you're not going to host the presence of God, then forget about it. <laughs> That's how the Italian would say it. But what he does say is those towns that receive the gospel, those towns that welcome you in, come on now, Southview, you now have an opportunity to release the kingdom of heaven. I feel like I'm preaching and nobody cares. I'm telling you, please, Leanne, give me a Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Listen, I'm telling you, what he's saying is applicable today. We are being welcomed into a town. You, Southview, are the gateway to the town of Thompson Station. You are now the entry point. You have an opportunity. We sat down, Scott, Pastor Josh, David, we sat down and talked to the city planner and began to dream with him. I don't know many churches that sit down with city planners and mayors and say, how can we facilitate the vision of the town? I don't know many places where the town actually lines up with the culture values of the church. This is a divine time. So that's why we have these shirts. Now you're like, okay, I'm starting to understand. Bless this town. You see that? This is the caboose of Thompson Station. This is the next phase of our campaign of building the legacy is that we're not just building a church. We're going to bless and own this town. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I don't, I don't live in Thompson Station. It's okay. You can bless Franklin. You can bless where you live. But I'm asking you, will you pray and commit your heart to this town? This town is, is literally a blank slate. And here's the good news. We're partnering with other churches that I love. Thompson Station Church. I love Pastor Tom. Pastor Dustin, hope you see, 1819 Coffee. We're partnering with people that love Jesus. We can transform this town. So this is the campaign. Well, well, tell me what Hebrews 11 says. Well, it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. Listen to this. There's an inheritance that God has placed in this town for Southview. 
And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise. Are you listening? Because this is for us. No, I'm telling you, this is for us, Leanne. I'm speaking to you, just me and you. God is, listen, I want you, I want you to listen to me. I, I really do. I'm not joking, but I want you to understand that the things that you're believing for, it's a land of inheritance and promise for you. You've sacrificed things that nobody in this room knows. He's going to honor you. Sorry, that was just a moment. In a land of promise, in a foreign land, living in tents. Huh, maybe we can call this a tent with Isaac and Jacob. Heirs to him of the promise. This is what verse 10 says. For he, for Southview, was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. That's what God is doing here today. Number two, build your family. Jeremiah says in verse six, take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. We have an obligation to raise kingdom kids. Some of you, I'm just going to say it. You need to have more children. I've never met anyone older in the older generation that says, I wish I had less kids. I'm telling you, some of you, you want to change the world, have more children. And some of you, God's going to give you the, uh, the blessing that you've been praying for. It's been a struggle, but God, here's your struggle. This is, this is the desire that God has given you. I love Tori's testimony because God, does, God redeemed her desire to be married and be loved. If you're not married here today, guess God, God's going to honor that. He's going to bless you. He's going to redeem your life. If you have horrible parents, he's going to be your father that you need. Build your family. Number three, pray and intercede for your town. Verse seven, pray to the Lord on its behalf. Lord, we prophesy. We're going to do this in a few moments. We're going to pray for this town. We're going to pray God's protection. We're going to pray that God does something in the supernatural to change the natural. Because we fight our battles in the supernatural. We're not battling with, the, with, with TDOT. We're not battling with the mayor. We're not battling with construction. We're battling the supernatural things from heavenly places. A couple months ago, we had our National Day of Prayer, and we had churches from all over the region praying, and our mayor of Spring Hill was there, and our police chief of Spring Hill, and our fire chief of Spring Hill were there, and they received the prayers. They stayed to the end. Do you know how uncommon that is? I refuse to let this moment go by without stepping into what God is doing. Listen, we live in a crazy nation right now. I think we can all say that. And what we're standing up on and what we're believing for goes against the values of our nation. And let me just say this to you today. It's not just Bud Light and Target and LA Dodgers. They're the ones that are coming to the surface. But we're battling with an idea. A, 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 an attack against your very identity. I refuse to sit back and let this stuff happen in my town because I'm going to own it. I'm going to own this town. You're going to own this town. You're going to intercede for people. You're going to pray and believe that God's going to do something in the hearts of people. And listen, if you're here today, you're struggling with your, your sex, your gender, your transgender, whatever it is right now, just know this. God has something for you that is much better than you could ever come about with your own mind. 
He doesn't make junk. I feel like this message has to be proclaimed in a time where people just don't, I don't know who I am. You're truly created in God's image. It's just part of the battle. Number four, be watchful. Verse eight, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you be deceitful. Do not listen to the dreams that they dream. Be careful where you waste your time listening to. Maybe you need to get off of TikTok. Maybe Instagram is clouding your mind. Maybe you need to stop fighting the political battles and start thinking about kingdom things. I'm here to tell you, the next president's not gonna fix it. You gotta listen to me. Somebody like, if I get Donald Trump back in, if I can get Ron DeSantis, if I, whatever it is, who cares? I want you to understand, it isn't about a president right now. There is a demonic stronghold over this nation. And the only thing that's going to free us is revival that starts in the church. And if you spend, listen to me, you spend more time focusing your attention on the world solutions than you do the kingdom solutions, you will come up short every time. But if you begin to release the kingdom of heaven, you begin to pray for the leaders and say, God, Biden, get him. Get him, in the, get him in the White House. Get him. Give him an encounter with God that he can't deny. You pray those dangerous prayers, you will see revival. That's the only thing that's going to save this nation. We're too far gone. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's too much, too far, too late. Why? Because Christians forgot about what they were supposed to do. We thought if we could just get money and wealth, we could just sit back and enjoy life and ride the wave until Jesus comes. We forgot to raise up leaders. We forgot to intercede and pray for our government. We forgot to own the town. Not on my watch. The 72 come back to Jesus, Luke 10. The 72 return and they, with joy, they say, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, look, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, listen to this. Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. It is a kingdom citizenship that we release on this earth. And I'm telling you, Southview, there is more than enough people in this church to transform this city and this town. Your gifts were made to release heaven on earth. Thank you so much for listening to this message. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multi-generational, multicultural community of believers passionately pursuing Jesus, family, freedom, and unity in the body of Christ. If you would like to connect with us, visit us at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.